welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of GoombaStomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have games editor and straight-A student, Mark Kalaroff. <laughs> <laughs> wow, th- thank you. Thank you for that introduction. Of course, of course. And uh, with us, as always, is indie games editor and straight-A student, Campbell Gill. <laughs> Thank you. This podcast is all about academic excellence tonight. <laughs> I will be handing out the uh, honor roll the honor roll awards uh, at the end of the show, but uh, in the meantime, we're going to do a podcast. Uh, I did not get straight A's this year because I'm not in school. Um, wow, so Wow. I, yeah, I got a little work to do. Um, so we thought it might be kind of fun. It is uh, December 30th at the time of recording here. We've got New Year's Eve coming up tomorrow. Brand new year, 2022. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything beyond that because it... <laughs> uh, I'm laughing, but I'm crying. Um, mm-hmm. We thought it might be fun to kind of do a, a highlights of 2021, such as it has been. And then and then the other half of the show will predict, do a little predictions cast for 2022. Um, obviously, this year has been a tumultuous one in the world of video games, um, even for Nintendo. Uh it's been very, very up and down, I would say. But there have been, I think, a slew of highlights, a lot of great stuff um, from the start of the year to the up until the, the very last minute. It's been a pretty amazing year for, for Nintendo games and for video games in general, all things considered. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do a little uh, little bit of a highlights highlights recap. Is there anything uh, uh, you guys want to jump in with? or, or I, I, I could start off if you want me to. I got a big one. Hit it. Ready? Sephiroth and Super Smash Brothers. Like, the Mm -hmm. fight that you can actually do. Because that was crazy that they allowed a DLC to be, like, a boss battle where you can unlock it early before everyone else. It was just mm -hmm. weird that that was announced. That that was announced, what? That was announced, like, last year's Game Game Awards, Awards, right? Yes. It was the first thing, and then everyone tuned out. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. 100%. I remember that, and then I remember Troy Baker like crying, giving an award or something. That's that's kind of all I remember from the Game Awards. And also Vin Diesel and Ark Survival evolved as well. Uh, I've tuned, I I, I, I blocked I blocked that out. Uh, what a great highlight, and what a and what a uh, it, it helped kick off the final couple of reveals for the for the Smash Ultimate DLC. Hell, that, that goes in my highlights for sure. Is the the final few reveals that we got. Uh, mm-hmm. We got Ka- uh, Kaz- Kazuya Kazuya from uh, Tekken. Tekken reveal. That was at E3, right? Yep, that was the very first announcement. Yes. Reveal. And was. then, of course, the final uh, Sora, the big reveal at the end, uh, kind of in the, the latter part of the year there. So uh, to me, that's definitely a highlight. We got the final the final Fighters Pass and kind of said farewell to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I have it on good authority that Sakurai is, in fact, asleep at this very moment. So... He's earned it. Uh, let that man have a rest. I say, um, yeah, but that's a great, a great highlight, Mark. I think the the Sephiroth, the Sephiroth reveal into the other Smash Ultimate reveals was incredible. And then I have um, one other one, which is please. I know Campbell will uh, relate to this one, but Super Mario mm-hmm. 3D World's release, yes. but specifically playing Bowser's Fury, because I know we were just not even out of like we had to review it or anything because <laughs> we both bought a copy, but we were just like mm-hmm. bull rushing through Bowser's Fury because it was just so good. And it just came yeah. out at that time where it was like, everyone was still kind of stuck indoors and it was just like nice to just play a new Mario game, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And, like, that trailer debuted in January of this year. And I've said multiple times before on this podcast that 3D World wasn't my favorite Mario game back on the Wii U. And when 3D World and Bowser's Fury was announced for Switch back at that Mario Anniversary Direct, I was not really all that excited about it. But as soon as the trailer dropped that revealed what Bowser's Fury was, showing this kaiju Bowser destroying everything with heavy metal music and huge orchestra and choral, and it was just so over-the-top, it got me so excited for it and then when i actually got to play it it absolutely blew me away it truly did make me fall in love with 3d world for the first time and made me appreciate everything that the game does right because it really is an excellent game and i think this expansion that added this open world exploration element it was absolutely insane and it came at just like mark was saying it came at a perfect time um for us to just relax while we're staying indoors maybe we're if you're in texas covered in several inches of snow Snow. (laughs) exactly it was and in jersey and then meanwhile cameron had burning palm trees in the uh background Mm -hmm. yep yeah yep it's true so the answer is that as the world is falling apart mario will always be there for you that's what this game proved (laughs) well and i think it was to me one, one of the great things about this year for nintendo was that it was both a very it was both a look forward and a look back because like you had the mm-hmm. you had the you had them porting over this Wii U game to the Switch, but they're also doing this forward thinking thing of packing it in with a brand new take on Mario, um, which really could have been a whole separate game. Like I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad it was an included thing, but it's like it's its own game. You know, it's it's a completely separate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not to get too ahead of ourselves, uh, then later in the year, of course, we had the, the Metroid reveal. That's obviously going to be a highlight, but we'll we'll get to that. Or, or I don't know if we want to start talking about Metroid now. Um, I don't know. I, to me, it felt like uh, the theme of this year for Nintendo was like, like look ahead, but also uh, celebrate what we what has come before. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think I think uh, Bowser's Fury and Super Mario 3D World on the Switch was kind of the the encapsulation of that, at Absolutely. least in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally share that opinion, and I think that's even better exemplified with my next highlight that came out. Uh, was first announced not long after 3D World, or maybe at the same time, I don't recall the exact timeline, but it was in the the February Nintendo Direct. They revealed Skyward Sword HD coming to the Switch, and Mm. this is absolutely one of my biggest highlights of the year because Skyward Sword has always been a game that holds a special place in my heart. I loved it back on the Wii. It was one of the most influential games in my life, but for a lot of other people, it wasn't quite so great, and it's kind of one of the most infamous Zelda games. There are a lot of problems with it, I won't deny that. So seeing it come to Switch was really exciting, and hearing about the new control scheme that they were going to introduce that would kind of uh, minimize the controversial motion controls and provide button options and improve the visuals, improve the quality of life, it was really good to hear that to see if that could truly give the game a second life. And then when it finally came out later in the year, that's totally what happened. I loved it. It sold like crazy and actually outsold the original Wii release. Um, and just being able to re-experience this game in a new way with a lot of the blemishes removed was absolutely one of my favorite gaming moments of the year. And it totally exemplifies how Nintendo has been going back to the past, polishing it off, and really preserving its history in a few key areas this year with these re-released and remastered games. Yeah, I. Uh, it's like... We talk every couple of months, hell, maybe even every couple of weeks, about, like, games we want on the Switch. Like, old, you know, classic Nintendo games we want on the Switch. Mm-hmm. But it really did feel like this year that we got a couple of bangers. And, uh, 
And across the big three, we had a Mario, we had a Zelda, we had a Metroid. Like, that's incredible. It's It's been a long time since that's happened. Even though two of them were technically, you know, ports, it's still, I don't know, I think it's still pretty incredible that, that we, you know, Nintendo saw that this year. Um, mm -hmm. And you say the big three, but really what you should be saying is the big four. Because yes, we got a new Metroid, we got a remastered Zelda and improved Mario, but we also got everybody's favorite Nintendo franchise, Famicom Detective Club. Had its big return this year. Announced in the same direct as Skyward Sword. I was like, where's he going? That's where's exactly where I'm going. Yes. I'm going to Japanese visual novels, baby. It's the only wow. place to go. But this was announced in the same direct as Skyward Sword HD. And when I saw the reveal, I was kind of like, what the heck is this? I didn't really care. It was only when Mark was talking about the history behind this game. The fact that Sakurai wanted the characters to be in Smash. And that it's been such a, a mainstay for Nintendo history in Japan at the very least. It was amazing to have the opportunity to play these games in English for the first time. And then when I got my hands on one of the games, The Girl Who Stands Behind, it was truly fantastic. And I'm so glad I got to experience this piece of Nintendo history. I find yeah. it funny, Campbell, how we both mm -hmm. reviewed a different game. And then meanwhile, it's like we haven't played the other one yet. <laughs> and yet the stories would actually, because I did look up parts of the story for the second one. Oh, yeah. And it's amazing, like, how they connect. Oh, yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it's like it's something that we both need to play and then talk about in the future. It really is. We need to do a Famicom Detective Club spoiler cast at some point in the future. Um, Along with Hades. Exactly. And Xenoblade. Doing just epic <laughs> spoiler cast. Everybody needs to know these Xenoblade spoilers at this point. So, Awesome. Um, yes, every, yes, of course. Everyone needs to know all those. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we're, I'm right there with you guys. <laughs> we need to know the spoilers Ugh. for these decade-old games. Absolutely. Didn't I lose a bet where I have to play this game now? Is I that think a thing that happened? you did, yes. And God if you it. didn't, I'm going to tell you it did because you just need to play this game anyway. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Honestly fair. Um, I love that. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the fact that Nintendo uh, went back to the well to the very old well for for this I, we talked a little bit about it in our in our best of uh podcast uh last episode but it is incredibly awesome and hopefully a a standard for the future them kind of going back to this very old and forgotten series and and revamping it for switch i hopefully there's more of that in the future certainly a highlight i think mm. sorry taking a big old drink of water anyway um <laughs> I also, for me, a big highlight, kind of around the same time of year, this is where we don't necessarily have to go like sequentially through the year, but it, it crossed my mind because it was kind of the spring of last year. Uh, we had the demo for Project Triangle Strategy. Mm, uh, yes. uh, oh, yeah. now, now officially titled Triangle, Triangle Strategy. Still a terrible name. <laughs> Best um, title ever. I massively disagree, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> RPG to me, the game. <laughs> <laughs> you use triangles. The, the, uh, the, that demo came out. I thought it was really, really good. The, it, it, the game is not coming out until next spring, a couple months from now. I want to say two or three months from now. But to me, what it kicked off for Nintendo in particular was like a weirdly amazing year for RPGs. Uh, we had the demo for Triangle Strategy. We had the Monster Hunter uh, Rise come out. We had Monster Hunter Stories, like the more traditional uh, JRPG. Uh, Shimigami Tensei 3 Remaster on Switch. We had Shimigami Tensei 5. Uh, just like this this deluge of uh, of RPGs and JRPGs uh, see, uh, on the Switch. And I, I, I don't know. I was uh, very hyped to see it. I'm not saying I played a lot of them. 
but I'm saying I appreciate that they're there. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to um, eventually, uh, you know, finishing up Shin Megami Tensei 3 and then maybe, uh, you know, challenging myself to, to knock out Shin Megami Tensei 5. So I thought this year was pretty great for, for RPGs. And I, I don't know what next year will bring. Obviously, we'll have Triangle Strategy actually released, so that'll be great. Um, maybe, and who knows, maybe this will get folded into the predictions part of the podcast. Perhaps there will be some more Fire Emblem stuff coming out next year. Who knows? Um, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. We can only hope and dream. But I thought this year was pretty solid for, for RPGs. I know it's easy to kind of overlook, like, you know, the amount of, of stuff that comes out on the Switch, but there was a lot of big, big games that came out this year mm-hmm. um, in that genre. So I thought that was really cool. Definitely a highlight for me. And that brings me to another highlight that you just reminded me of. So on the topic of RPGs, these didn't come out this year, but around E3 season, we had a big Dragon Quest presentation. Oh, and yeah. it was incredibly surreal and bizarre to watch because they had somebody translating it in real time it was taking place in japan but somebody was talking over the presenters it was very difficult to understand but what was really great about this was it revealed dragon quest 3 was getting a remake in the style of octopath traveler and it's honestly Mm -hmm. like at the very top if not my most anticipated game of hopefully next year or at least in near future it's in the top five it just looks absolutely stunning and i want more of those more games in that graphical style it just looks so beautiful and it'll be great to see more people be able to play this classic this hugely influential rpg in a new way and i um it was great to see it get that attention as well and it's confirmed for worldwide release as well which is kind of a novelty for dragon quest so seeing that revealed was a major highlight of my e3 season I forget, Campbell, and forgive me if we've already run over this topic a million times on the podcast before. Have you played uh, uh, Dragon Quest Three before? I have, absolutely. Um, you have? Okay, great. I played the Super Famicom remake through means oh. that I will not disclose. Oh, um, yeah. It, uh, we can't talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I played <laughs> a, a hell of a lot of Dragon Warrior Three, the Game Boy Color version, which, from, from my understanding, is is more or less a, a port. Not a port, but like a kind of a remake of the remake of the Super Famicom right, uh, yeah. version, from my understanding. A re-remake, absolutely. Yeah, obviously the, the Game Boy Color did not have quite the same capabilities as the Super Nintendo, but uh, still still a pretty fantastic uh, uh, port of the game. Uh, now that I finally got my GB operator, um, I'm going to try to fire up a little Dragon Warrior 3 on my, on my laptop one of these days. Um, Hook it up with an HDMI. That's what we got to do. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sure I have an extra HDMI. <laughs> that is how you hook things up to your computer. Yes, <laughs> um, as we as we all know. Um, something else that I thought was was uh, again, this is sort of a broad a broad concept, and we can kind of narrow it down. Uh, much to me, it's kind of we're a, we're a highlight of this year on the Switch. I thought that indies on the Switch were yes. just... I was literally about to I say I was about those. to say that, too. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, great. So we're all on the same page. So what were some indies that were that were highlights for you guys? Okay, so for me, one of my favorite indie moments of the year was the Indie World presentation in August, where they announced pretty much every highly anticipated indie was releasing right after the presentation. We got Garden Story. We got Boyfriend Dungeon. We got Axiom Verge 2, all releasing right afterwards. I reviewed two of them, and Axiom Verge 2 has to be one of my 
favorite favorite games of the year full stop um just a truly brilliant new take on the metroidvania genre and it's great to see um the axiom verge franchise really come into its own uh, boyfriend dungeon was really excellent as well and even well before that another indie that i that i loved and that we all played was cyber shadow um mm-hmm. from the start to the end of the year there's just too many to name as, in part of just one segment but putting on my little indie editor hat there was a lot to love uh for independent games this year i yeah i'm i'm right there with you um and just going going through the some stuff i played on switch this year uh necro barista mm-hmm. incredible kind of visual novel style game really 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 good um garden story very wholesome very cozy incredibly adorable um unsighted loved that uh very kind of hardcore um Zelda-like Metroidvania-style um, incredible game. Um, what else did I play on Switch this year that I really, really loved? Um, Toem, oh my god. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a, a photography game also announced during one of the Indie World Directs. Incredible game. Obviously, we more people got eyes on Hades, but that was for a completely different uh, a different reason <laughs> because it came to uh, to PS5 and to or to PS4 and to Xbox. But I'm sure you know more people were in, inspired to pick it up on their switches as well. Um, Eldest Souls, I liked that a lot. Like yeah, just Boomerang X, Overboard. Oh my God, so many <laughs> incredible indie games that I played this year. Um, Umarangi Generation that came out to Switch. It was a formerly not uh, formerly a, a Steam game. And uh, and a, a different consoles, and it came out to Switch, and that uh, was just a, a delight to play through. Uh, Disco Elysium, still haven't played it yet, but really looking forward to finally playing that on Switch one of these days. Um, oh my God, yeah, it just the, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. What, Mark, what about for, what about for you? Just yourself? start naming everything we review. Absolutely, <laughs> serious. Yeah. I know. Honestly, I no. I there were my, there were so yeah. many good games. I mean, Labyrinth City, Greek Memories of Azur, Unmetal. <laughs> there there were just so many indies this year that it was like. A barrage it was literally mm-hmm. like this felt like the year when shovel knight released when the indies really stepped up where the triple a's lacked mm-hmm. and i don't mm-hmm. like we had a ton of fantastic triple a games this year but the indies i felt like really just took over the space oh yeah absolutely uh, yeah and it, going yeah, with that go comparison let's not forget the shovel knight game did just come out like a few yeah, weeks ago and that's yeah. an utterly fantastic indie and as we're talking about this i keep remembering all these indies that are so fantastic that i forgot to mention because there's just so many of them like for one example hoa was one of my favorite games i played this year just a stunningly beautiful game just incredible watercolor visuals it feels like playing a ghibli game or ghibli movie it's just an amazing experience there's olia and really excellent atmospheric metroidvania even um tunche is a cool beat-em-up that has a really neat setting for some reason hat kid is part of it um there's just so many so many great games this year so many great indies i've been playing through uh, death's door over the weekend Ooh. um on on my switch and uh that's just been a, a complete delight. I, I played through it on when it came out on Steam. I didn't, I didn't even beat it. I, I played through maybe, I don't know, the first like third or so on Steam. And having, I, I was like, <laughs> playing it on my laptop, I was like, I, I want to play this on Switch. I want to play this with, with, a, with a pro controller. And uh, guess what? It's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, if, if you, I don't know, it, it, what else? Loop Hero? Like just, just... I don't know, Mark. I, I completely agree with you that it felt as though, be, you know, because of the ongoing pandemic, because of just 
so much stuff going on in the in the games industry right now. It did feel like a lot of AAA stuff got pushed back, got delayed, mm-hmm. got. That's also you know, because of you know bigger teams and budgets and stuff. No, one hundred percent. One guy listen, working at home, you know. Exactly, but I I don't know. I I almost I don't know. I I I not. I'm not gonna say I preferred it, but I appreciated. Like I, I played more games this year than I've ever played. I would say. And it's because I kind of felt like I had the freedom to do so. It's like rather than like, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta wait for the next huge release. It was like, no, I can rather than spend all my time focusing on one giant game, you know, I can play three, four, five, six, seven indie games instead. It, it, I don't know. It's it, I liked that feeling. It felt freeing in a way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, indies had a great year. Um, Mark, is there anything that you you t- stuck out to you in particular? Uh, indie-wise or like indie-wise anyways oh i was gonna say um honestly unmetal was just like the metal gear game i've needed yeah since metal gear solid 5 because even though you know it's based off the original 8-bit metal gear games that game was just such a breath of fresh air and there's like there's all these fan games that try and replicate metal gear the two 8-bit ones but this one really like took the concept and was like let's do something new with it rather than just try and copy and paste. And I like the idea that you're this like ridiculous stealth agent who's maybe not even a soldier. And then he's just cracking all these jokes and there's the fourth wall breaks. And it didn't feel like it was trying to copy like Deadpool either. It felt like it was legitimately written to be a game about humor and stealth, which you don't usually find a parody (laughs) game that works. No. Yeah. Parody parody is hard in general. Like even, even movie and TV, it's really, really tough uh, but in a game, it's I imagine it's even harder. So the fact that they were able to nail it, especially for 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 diehard fans like yourself, I think is very cool. Um, so yeah, props props to Unmetal uh, for for getting it done. And then the other one I just have to talk about is Labyrinth City because the idea that you could just take like a children's picture book and make it for everybody and put like just completionist stuff in it, and you could talk to poodles with text boxes, just ten out of ten. <laughs> it was just all so well executed. I, I absolutely love that game. It was just the soundtrack, even for it, was great. It's a shame that no one actually was really talking about it at the end of the year. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm I'm I totally agree with that. Um, let's see what else. Uh, as far as highlights go, I I think that the big the big one, like even if you you know you beat the game, you didn't beat the game. The fact that Metroid Dread came out at all mm-hmm. is incredible. Um, it was announced. It was released a, a scant couple of months later. I think that's very incredible. There's been some 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 kerfuffle about uh, Mercury Steam's business practices that have maybe come to light since then. Uh, allegations of you know maybe some workplace malpractice or something. But the game, the fact that the game came out, uh, it's it's as good as everyone says it is. An incredible, an incredible feat uh, for Nintendo and for fans of the genre in general. Um, I know we've we've uh, we've all had various experiences with with the Metroid franchise as a whole, but I think this one does does stand tall as a worthy addition to the series. Whether you're new to the series, you're a diehard fan from way back. Like it's a new 2D Metroid game in 2021, and that is incredible. So definitely a highlight for me. And can we just talk about how incredible the reveal was of the game at E3? Like, the fact that they started just showing some straight-up gameplay, and then as it was going on, 
not only did it reveal that it was a brand new 2D Metroid, it wasn't a reboot. It wasn't a remake. They flashed Metroid 5, showing that this is a straight-up continuation of the previous 2D Metroid games. For so long, Nintendo has essentially ignored these games. You know, we got them on Wii U and the eShop. We haven't gotten much attention for the series since, like, really the GBA era. Um, so seeing this as a continuation, and then at the end, seeing as not just that, but Metroid Dread, a game that's been rumored in development for, like, I think it was 18 years or thereabouts. Um, so the way that it demonstrated Nintendo listening to fan demand and trying to carry on the legacy of the franchise and make good on promises and continue the story was really amazing to see especially considering how often nintendo can maybe seem a bit tone deaf or maybe a bit out of touch so the way that they really hearken to all of that both in the reveal and then of course in the game itself when we finally got got our hands on it we're able to play it it was amazing to see all of that in action yeah i uh i wholeheartedly agree um with that um oh and other I, should, what else? I should also add another highlight related to metroid dread i called it during our predictions cast <laughs> just want to mention that <laughs> and you know mark may have edited this out of the that podcast but i specifically called out that it would be called metroid dread, metroid dread. so yes, you did yes so <laughs> I, I just want that to be known anyway uh on with the on with the highlights listen i think personal highlights are absolutely allowed absolutely nothing wrong with that i think uh, yeah. What other what other highlights? What else? What else stuck out to you guys? If we're gonna brag, um, Cameron, <laughs> uh, it's Mario's Party Superstars. I called that since the beginning of the year. <laughs> sure. Well, listen. If we're talking about Nintendo related predictions that we got correct, um, I believe a certain someone predicted a uh, a weird Nintendo hardware, and then lo and behold, we got this Zelda game and watch. So, and and listen, that's that's I would call that a highlight too. It's a fantastic little machine. Mm-hmm. Um. And the OLED. great way to. And I should also add, Cameron, though, that you deserve double points for predicting the Game & Watch correctly, because you predicted that despite the fact that Nintendo's tweet announcing the E3 Direct specifically said that no hardware would be announced, you had the guts to predict that they would still announce hardware anyway. <laughs> oh my and you God. were right. <laughs> yeah, listen. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I will I will take take the W on that one for sure. There we go. Um, uh, yeah, listen, a, a highlight for me, a kind of an unexpected highlight. So we, we had the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack released. Um, I think it's safe to say it's been sort of a kind of a mixed a mixed release. Um, there's been some Just emulation issues. Um, you know, it's hard to find the controllers. Like it's it's been, I would say, up and down. But this month in December 2021, we got Paper Mario. And guys, I never played Paper Mario, and it absolutely rules. <laughs> um, it's so good. It's very in-depth. It's very fun. It's very funny. It's a great way to kind of cap off the end of the year. I've been just enjoying the hell out of it. And uh, I, I never predicted that I would be playing an old, you know, an old Mario RPG on my Switch. <laughs> uh this year and hey i love to be proven wrong so it's it's been a delight to I, I would i would certainly call that a highlight again going back to the the earlier point about rpgs having a, a banger year uh paper mario counts it's really really good uh so yeah if you, if you haven't messed around with that yet and, and you have access to the the nintendo switch online expansion pass uh or expansion pack rather play this game it's super good <laughs> 
And I also need to put on my Sega Genesis fan hat once again and say that there are a lot of amazing Sega games that are included with the Switch Online expansion pack as well. You've got Streets of Rage 2, you've got Fantasy Star 4, you've got Shining Force, you've got Sonic the Freaking Hedgehog 2. It's amazing. So, you know, if you get to play the N64 games, that's fine. Just don't forget all of these amazing Genesis games that are on here as well, that are really emulated to perfection as well. There may have been like a dozen different ports and remasters of Sonic the Hedgehog on Switch already, but this is probably the best way to play these games. It just feels excellent. So just want to make sure everyone knows about that as well. There may be a lot wrong with the expansion pack, but the Sega Genesis isn't one of those problems. Wow, that's a that's a bold claim to say this is the best way to play Super uh, uh, to play Sonic the Hedgehog too. These days, at the very least, or at least on a console, I feel like it may be better to play on like a Genesis Mini or whatever, or obviously on the original hardware. But if you want to play it on the console, this has to be the best emulation of it yet. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll accept that. Thank that you for the acceptance. Sounds, <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, yeah, what else? What else we got, guys? What else? What else was a highlight for for this year with the Switch, with Nintendo in general? Oh, I would say the uh, the Askiwata book finally came out. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. And that that that's been a, a delight to read. If you're a fan of Nintendo, if you're a fan of um, Satoru Iwata and kind of his legacy, this is a great book on not just uh, not just like fun stories about development of Nintendo games but just about like management in general and uh, how to lead a team and how to be an effective leader. This book has a lot of really incredible anecdotes about how Iwata treated his employees. And it's really cool to sort of see, um, to read personal personal anecdotes and personal stories about how how he would solve problems uh, with, his, with his staff and how he would overcome challenges uh, with with different, you know, with different personalities. And it, I don't know, for, for me, a really wonderful thing to read. Um, yeah, I, I think maybe I was hoping for more, at, at least when I first heard about the book, that the, the fact that the book was coming out, I think I was hoping for more, like, development history and, like, here's the behind the scenes of how X, Y, and Z games were made. But it's it's uh, it turned out to be a, a lot more of a personal book, um, a lot more kind of heartfelt stories about what it is like to be in this in this industry and and to work with a company for a really long time. So I, I really appreciated it. And if, you, if you're into um, the history of Nintendo, if you're into the history of this, you know, these, these big personalities that you hear about in games, uh, the Ask Iwata book is a is a great read. And it's, uh, you know, it's available, you know, any, anywhere books are sold. So I definitely recommend that. A, a huge highlight for, for me. I really, really enjoyed reading that. Oh, you know, I, I just came to mind uh, the Fuji film Pikachu printer. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, such yeah, a cool yeah. collaboration that they did that. Especially, that was just so surprising to see that comeback with Pokemon Snap. Because I thought they would, you know, just be like, oh, you can upload your pictures and just like print them out. But no, they straight up did a collaboration that literally allowed you to do like an authentic way of making like polaroid pictures it was just cool yeah that's extremely cool and uh, hell we, we didn't even mention pokemon snap in general but yeah we got a new yeah. pokemon snap this year as well which <laughs> also extremely cool uh i would say pokemon had a, a pretty big year in in general um i think next year is going to be even better what oh, with yeah. uh legends coming out finally. oh yeah 
Yeah, but uh, we hope. But I would say this year <laughs> we can only we hope. hope. Oh boy. Fingers crossed. Um, I will say that we'll, Brilliant we'll Diamond. Go in a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl were my anti highlights of the year, if that counts. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll call them we'll call them lowlights. But that, that's, there you that's, go. A, that's a that's a separate conversation. <laughs> it is um, What about you, Campbell? Any other any other last highlights you want to kind of shout out here? Um, I think we covered just about everything. I'll just reiterate again what an amazing year for indies it was. Um, And that really hit home in the past few weeks as me and my co-indie editor, Brent Middleton, were working on uh, coordinating our end-of-year best indies of 2021 list for the site. And there was just so many amazing games, including, you know, the way we organized the list. We just let our writers contribute whatever games they wanted to. It wasn't ranked. Just talk about your favorite indies of the year. I learned about some games I'd never heard of before um, as we were putting this together. It just demonstrates how many great independent games came out this year. Uh, give that list a read to learn about some cool new games and some, some games that may have flown under the radar. It's just so wonderful to see indies be able to flourish as much as they have in this past year. Yeah, I uh, I think I think it's been really good just for just for not just for, for us three, but for people who are fans of the Switch and fans of indie games and or fans of games in general to kind of have a year where indies were were the biggest to me at least the biggest takeaway from this year in the midst of all this insanity all this pandemic craziness that like hey there's indie games and they're made by small teams and they're just as good if not better or, or more surprising than the AAA stuff and i think that's just important to to get a spotlight on that every now and then <laughs> and if nothing else this year definitely uh, as as you just mentioned Campbell uh this year did forcefully put a spotlight on that i think that's actually you know for for better and worse i think it's uh, i think it's uh, it's it's a good thing that we that we all got to to kind of take a step back and and focus more on on some smaller smaller games mm-hmm. this year i think yep. is, is ultimately a good thing thank you covid <laughs> oh geez let's not jinx it any more than we have to i'm knocking on wood as we speak right now um, let's take uh we're gonna take a one more quick Sorry, not one more. We're going to take our first break. In fact, it's going to be our only break. We're going to take a break, <laughs> come back, talk about some predictions for 2022, and then we'll wrap it up and say good night and happy new year. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. So we wanted to close out this podcast, and we're going to talk about predictions for 2022. Obviously, 2021, it's been, uh, uh, as we mentioned at the very start of the show, a turbulent year for video games. 
I, I uh, have no idea what 2022 will bring, what with this uh, continually ongoing pandemic. Uh, that said, we're going to make some predictions anyway, because we are uh, video game experts. That's why we have a podcast. So, Mark, I think you said you wanted to start it off with a prediction that none of us have, apparently. I'm going to get the sad note right out of the way, just, just to get it over with. My first prediction is that COVID-19 will delay one big Nintendo title, and <laughs> I think it will be Breath of the Wild. Disagree. Yes. Sequel. No. Wow. <laughs> well, okay, tricky. Okay, so this is an interesting caveat, Mark. So because, so obviously the, sequ- uh, the officially titled sequel to Breath of the Wild uh, does not have an official release date yet, so... It does not. They keep saying 2022, but... They keep saying 2022, so I, I think do you think it'll pushed. get delayed to 2023, or do you think they're going to announce it and then delay it from the date they announce? Either that thing is going to hit November, December, and if it doesn't aim for that as we get closer, then I'm going to say it's going to come out March, and it's going to be exactly like when the Switch launched, and it's going to be a big deal. Wow. It will be a big deal, yes, but can I get on to my prediction now? Because this is kind of related to what Mark was just talking about. <laughs> um, sure, go ahead. So, okay, so this is kind of two predictions rolled into one. So, we are recording this on December 30th, and in two days it will be January 1st. And every year, January 1st, Nintendo Twitter comes out of the shadows to start begging for a January Nintendo Direct. And I, and for the past few years, we haven't had one of those, but I'm predicting that we will indeed have a big Nintendo Direct in the next few weeks in January. And the reason for that is because Nintendo was conspicuously absent at the Game Awards a few weeks ago, and they've had at least one big reveal there for the past five or six years, and this is the first time they broke that record. So I think they're saving something up. And what I think that's going to be is they're going to do this Direct, it's going to be Probably not that great as most directs have been for the most part. It's going to be a lot of, you know, maybe weird ports, maybe old games getting remastered or revived or ported. But it will end with the big reveal that Breath of the Wild 2 will, despite whatever Mark may pessimistically say, will be released in 2022. And it will be in, I think, around December or thereabouts. We will get the title revealed at this January Direct, and then we'll have absolute silence until a big blowout at E3, and then the big marketing buildup will begin. So that's kind of two in one. But I think that you know Nintendo's been a bit silent this year. It's been a bit of a lower-key year for Nintendo. They're just building it up for a truly blowout 2022. Give us a title. You need a prediction. <laughs> Breath of the Wild... Descending from the skies. Mm, okay. Sneeze okay. It's of a little the skies. wordy. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, descending from the skies. It's I'm not saying. Wordy. I'm not saying Breath of the Wild. Is that two colons, a comma, or a dash? I think a semicolon, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what about an ellipsis? Breath of the Wild. It's an ellipsis. Again. Yes. Breath of the Wild. Dot dot dot. Legend of Zelda. Dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Nintendo's really bashful, being like Breath of the Wild the sequel from the yeah, sky that's, very, yeah. that's pretty good um, if they can name yeah, it I, dragon quest 11 what is it dragon it's quest 11 dragon definitive quest, edition no. echoes of an elusive age mark mark you left out a very important possible. part it's dragon quest 11 s echoes of an elusive age <laughs> dash definitive edition <laughs> the s is very important because the s stands for switch 
Is that true? Does it? It does. It really? Okay, no. no. It does. It actually does. Look it up. When it was announced at the Tokyo Game Show, and I think 2018 it was, the producer came on stage and said S stands for Switch. It also stands for Special. It also stands for Seiyu, which is a Japanese word for voice actor, because this was the first version of the game to have voice acting. So the S is incredibly important to have in there. Didn't they bring it to PS4, though? They did, so it really doesn't make any sense to have S on there anyway. But it was first <laughs> revealed as a Switch exclusive. So, there you go. Man, I uh, I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... Yeah, we can only hope that the sequel to Breath of the Wild will have, an, have a name as worthy as uh, Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Okay, but like um, Breath of the Wild Z would actually be a really cool oh. title. <laughs> Say again? A Breath of the Wild Z actually sounds like a pretty badass title Breath of the to me. Wild. Well, we already have Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Well, exactly. I think that <laughs> <laughs> it sets up the uh, anime crossover for Breath of the Wild too. Wow, we can only hope. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's funny. Both of the uh, you guys went more specific, but that was one of my predictions. Was there will be at least one major first party Nintendo delay? Uh, but you guys went more specific with it, which I appreciate, frankly. Um, uh, the reverse of that, I'm predicting there will be a high-profile shadow drop. Not necessarily a first party, but something along the lines of maybe Silk Song. Maybe, <sighs> do you know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. kind of akin to how Chicory got dropped out of nowhere la- during the uh, during the last Nintendo Direct. I, I think we're going to get a high-profile first, maybe not first party, but like a second party or something uh, a shadow drop, like a day of release, like an announcement and a release during some kind of a direct. That's my prediction. Cameron, did you log on to my Google Doc or something while I wasn't looking? Because uh, Yes, actually. You, I hacked uh, well, you. Thank you. Yes, you hacked me because that was my exact prediction. That, really? Yes. No, I predicted that this year, specifically at E3, we would get Hollow Knight Silkson as a shadow drop. And the reason for that is just because, you know, the developers have come out time and again saying that it's... It's getting close. We're almost done. Trust us, it's coming. And there was like, they did even a cover story for Edge Magazine a while back. They're trying to talk about how, or they're signifying that it's getting closer, but we haven't gotten a new trailer. We haven't gotten any concrete info or like new footage of it. And given that Nintendo gave the original Hollow Knight such a spotlight during the E3 2018 presentation, I think it's only natural for them to give it the same royal treatment. Now that Hollow Knight is an even bigger deal. Uh, for E3 2022, but at any rate, you already took that prediction from me anyway, so I'm just elaborating on that. Well, listen, I, I, I'm not necessarily predicting that Silk Song is going to come out this year. I have no idea. I'm just saying that like there yeah. will be some kind of a like a crazy shadow drop um, at some point during this next year. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a crazy prediction. Um, if I you want to, if you want to make it more specific, but... that's right. That's me. If you want to make it more specific and say that, like, yes, we will get Silk Song in a an unexpected day one, you know, day day of announcement, day of release kind of thing, I say more power to you. All right, I have all the power then. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I have one. It's continue. A, Oh, please go ahead. I have one. I have another one, but it's a little more broad. So if you have more specific one, go for gotcha. it. Okay, you ready for this? Go for it. My second prediction of the year. I think we will see the next Yoshi game, mm. but 
Oh. But since we had felt, and then or we had wool, and then we went to a more felt crafted look, mm-hmm. I think the next one will be like a plasticky toy like look, like what they did with the not necessarily what they did with Link's Awakening, but I think it's gonna have like that plasticky uh, feel to it, and I think it'll coincide with an amiibo. Wow, mm-hmm. interesting. I can see that. Now, what I do you mean by What do you mean by plasticky toy though? Like like a wind up toy or something, or what what kind of style are we talking about here? He, he's saying um, like a kind of like akin to the Link's Awakening reboot. Yeah, like how they kind of look. I don't want to say they look ceramic, but they look like mm-hmm. you know they have like that shiny like reflective feel to them, yeah, like and toy, everything yeah, kind of looks I like a exactly diorama. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like. uh uh, I mean, the the only word for it is toy-like. Like, I, I'm right there yeah. with you. Now, do you think it will stick to 2D strictly? Or do you think that since Kirby's gone 3D now, do you think that it we might be seeing new dimensions of Yoshi for this one? I would love to see a Yoshi 3D platformer, but I'm going to stick to my gut and say it's going to be 2D, and I think Goodfeel will develop it. All right. I can respect that. Wow. Now now we're getting even more specific. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. <laughs> Not to get off topic, but an open an open world Yoshi game. Yoshi? That'd be so good. Grand wow. Theft Yoshi? Yeah. Grand Theft Yoshi? Avoid <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 tax fraud. I was going to say tax fraud Yoshi, yes. yes I'm just yes, imagining yes, yes, Yoshi yes. in New Donk City, you know, just hijacking a car or something, going to mm-hmm. high-speed chase. Game of the year right there, honestly. I would play that game. Uh, that's incredible. Um, so my, my I have a... This one, it, it, I would say it follows uh, in the spirit of Mark, so it's a little more on the broader side. Um, I predict that, kind of like how we had the unexpected revival of the Famicom Detective Club, we will get another unexpected franchise to be revived. Um, I don't have any indication of what that will be. Uh, no predictions there, uh, but I, I think we will get some kind of like... Uh, uh, a, a series that has perhaps been underrated or forgotten about that will be uh, taken another look at. Perhaps Chibi Robo, perhaps F Zero, perhaps, uh, you know, Sin and Punishment. So, an unexpected revival of a franchise that long thought to be forgotten. I, that's my, that's my, another prediction I have for, for 2022 from, from Nintendo, obviously. Cameron, the fact that you listed F Zero as a franchise that is long thought to have been forgotten is going to make a lot of people upset. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? It's not forgotten in the hearts of the fans. I thought you were about to say Chibi Robo was going to be the upsetting one because the think, company that okay, made that game is literally Dunzo. <laughs> after the last Chibi Robo game, I think it's better if we just let the poor thing lie. Unplug him. Exactly. <laughs> Unplug him, throw him, in, throw him in the recycler, perhaps. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, well, so on yeah, that happy I, I, note. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, listen, I, I would, I, I hope, I hope that it happens. Uh, you know, I would love to see something, something unexpected. And, it, and of course, it's kind of a cop out to say like, I predict that something I could never predict will happen. And it's like, well, uh, who, who knows what that what that will look right. like? But uh, I'll see, cross my fingers. I'm so. going to jump in with yet another thing that I've written down that was quite similar to what you just predicted. Um, and I think that in the same vein of Famicom Detective Club and these re- long forgotten, like we were talking about revivals, I think that specifically we're going to get a either remake or revival or reboot 
of the mysterious Murasame Castle, which is a I was just thinking yeah, about that one. Exactly. That's one that has had a pretty substantial presence in, in Smash Brothers for a while. Um and Sakurai's talked about it multiple times. It's had had a presence in Nintendo history for a while. It's a old Famicom adventure, action adventure game, kind of in the vein of the original Legend of Zelda, but it got completely overshadowed by Zelda's release, and in an alternate timeline, this could have been that, filled that same void of a big, open action adventure title. So I think there's definitely room for either, you know, it could be something as simple as just localizing it and putting it on Switch Online, or we could have maybe a remake or a reboot. Even a remake in the style, once again, of Link's Awakening could be amazing to really just give this game a new lease on life because it holds such an important part in the story of early Nintendo games. It would be wonderful to be able to play that on modern hardware with hopefully modern conveniences as well. So I'm calling it, I think that's the next candidate for revival. I think that's, I think that's great. Um, I have one last prediction. I know you guys have more, but I, I have one that I, uh, just, just one more for me. Um, so obviously we have uh, Pokemon Legends uh, Arceus coming out uh, imminently on the Switch. I think, I predict, I should say, that there will be some kind of a, uh, this is perhaps a, uh, a, a, uh, a low-hanging fruit uh, prediction. There will be some kind of a uh, a legendary, like public event, kind of thing. Like uh, like they'll do like a, oh if it's launch day and you go to a GameStop you'll get you can, you can get a thing for this legendary something like that. Um, for for this game maybe it's perhaps it's uh related to I don't know perhaps it's related to like the 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 eShop perhaps related to some kind of Pokemon Go situation there will be some kind of tie-in to to give uh players of new players of Pokemon Legends Arceus a special legendary Pokemon but I don't know I no predictions as to what that will be but I think it's going to happen that's my that's my my last prediction nothing nothing super crazy that's realistic <laughs> You think so? Awesome. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not even like joking because they actually did that with uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire DNC. It was literally like a Pokemon tie-in for the new movie, and it was a new legendary you got at launch. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> um, all right, I know you guys have a couple more. Go ahead. All right. Before you go, Campbell, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a big one. You ready? Uh oh. Alright, I'm bracing myself. Metroid Prime Trilogy will release this fall. Wow. I think it'll be Halloween time. It'll launch around that time because it has like a creepy horror type mm -hmm. theme to it. Or knowing Nintendo, mm -hmm. it'll be like a little bit before the fall, just like late summer. I gotcha. And I mean, Metroid Dread released in October this year as well. So there's mm -hmm. definitely precedent for that. Well, the question that naturally arises then is what about Metroid Prime 4? Oh, that thing I don't think will be out this year. No, no shot. Do you think we're going to get a trailer, though, at least? Like, they're going to do a trailer, then, like, and if you want to get ready for <gasps> Prime 4, play the trilogy. You know, like, that would make sense from a marketing perspective. It would from a marketing perspective perspective maybe we'll see like a tease or like new concept art mm -hmm, or something yeah. i think it'll definitely be mentioned sometime right. this year but i don't think we'll see like 
a gameplay reveal or anything like that. If anything, I think it'll be like when Breath of the Wilds was first revealed with like that trailer with Link um, going through the forest with the Guardian after him, mm-hmm. and then he jumps off the bridge and it pans on him at the end. I think it'll be like something like that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I would absolutely love for that prediction to come true because you know we keep seeing rumors basically every other week saying that Prime Trilogy <laughs> is ready to go. It's gonna happen. It's just, they're just waiting for the go ahead from Nintendo to release on the eShop. Um, I can't imagine it's that difficult of a game to port either. Um, and it would just make so much sense once again to continue the Metroid hype, which is at a higher level than ever with Metroid Dread. So I really do hope that that comes true. Well, I suppose to follow up on that... Oh, sorry, did you want to say anything, Cameron? No, oh, no, just... just uh, the, the only thing I was going to say is that it is shocking to me that they have not capitalized on the Metroid... The ongoing Metroid hype. I That's know, all. Right? That's the end of the sentence. Wow. And what a beautiful sentence it was. Well, speaking of hype, and speaking of long-dormant franchises that will hopefully get a revival, I've got a bold one coming up. We're going to get a new Golden Sun this year. Wow. And if we can get a remaster of Advance Wars, we can finally get a new Golden Sun game. And now, I know that Camelot has been busy these past few years. They just put out the golf game this year. I can't even remember the name of the Mario Golf game. (laughs) Mario Golf Super Rush. There you go. Super Rush. Exactly. Super Rush. Notably, not on the highlights list. Exactly. That's exactly why I didn't even remember the name. But they just put it out. They did the DLC and all that kind of lovely stuff. So they're a bit busy. But that's why they're not going to go into this alone. They're going to have support from Monolith Soft. Because Monolith has been, you know, basically Nintendo's support studio for several years now. They've put out their own games, but they've helped out with development of Breath of the Wild, Splatoon, Animal Crossing, pretty much all major Nintendo franchises at this point. And I think that collaboration between Camelot with a lot of the environmental and RPG expertise of Monolith Soft could make it feasible to see the franchise finally make its long-awaited debut this year. Or I, yeah, listen, solid. Yes. Solid. You're speaking so. my language, man. I I used to love those games. <laughs> uh, I replayed the first one a few years back, uh, maybe two or three years ago, and I I think it still really holds up. It's just a fantastic RPG, um, a great like beginners uh, JRPG in my opinion, and it still looks incredible. I really took advantage oh, yeah. of the GBA uh, hardware. Ah uh, man, I still haven't played Dark Dawn. Maybe maybe that's next on my list. I don't know. I haven't either. From what I hear, it's not something you want to play, but we shall see. <laughs> really? Is it that bad? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. Again, I haven't played it, so I don't know. I just know the reputation isn't amazing. But at any rate, if there's any time for an old-school RPG revival, it's now. So I'm calling it. Yeah, that incredible. I, I, I love that idea. Um, I don't have any more predictions. Do, do you guys have any more? I still have two more. Go for it. Mm-hmm. All right, so my first is that uh, Kirby, the new one, The Forgotten Land, Mm -hmm. will not be the only Kirby release this year since it's uh, his 30th anniversary. But I want to put an asterisk over that because I think it'll be like not virtual console releases, but like stuff on the Switch Online that would just like coincide with it. Like we already know we're getting Crystal Shards, but I feel like there might be other smaller Kirby titles to just like sprinkle in there. Okay, that'd be that'd be great. I would love to play some some uh, some old school uh, Kirby games. It's a, a fantastic prediction. 
I'm going. And then my oh. I just want to counter that with saying that I think that that would be great. But what I think is more likely for Nintendo to celebrate Kirby's 30th anniversary is to just re-release that Wii anniversary collection that came out for Kirby's 20th anniversary, I believe. Uh, 25th. 25th, excellent. Uh, I think they're just going to drop that on the Switch eShop. They're not going to do any bells or whistles. Just port that Wii game over. Um, that's what they oh, wait, did. Wait, no, it was the 20th. You're right. You're right. That doesn't make Come any on, sense. Come on, Cameron. I mean, Mark, whatever <laughs> your name wow. is. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Cameron. I mean, again, but you too, Cameron. Come on. Everybody yeah, needs to come fair. on. Yeah. <laughs> at any rate, yes. But my name confusion aside, I don't know. at any rate, I think it will make sense for Nintendo to do some sort of Kirby anniversary acknowledgement in any sense. Uh, we can I got only one more. Go I got it. one more prediction. New Fire Emblem this year. I think it'll be Ooh. released this year. And I think I'm still sticking with my gut for what I said last time. I think it'll have like an Egyptian or Middle Eastern um, like atmosphere to it. I don't know like what that specifically means, but I think it'll be like somewhere around that part of the world, I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Well, listen, who the heck knows? Um, they, it feels like they have been experimenting with the styles lately. So if if it... it you know, it's a, a prime opportunity to shake it up and uh, to, to do a different style. So, yeah, Mark, I can only I can only hope that uh, that 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 happens this year. Um, this is also going to be the year where I do play Fire Emblem Three Houses. So yes. watch out. But which uh -oh. house? Man, I don't know. I don't even know what the houses are. Um, Go with the blue lion. That's that's my advice. <laughs> that's the one. All right. That or the golden deer. I, I like them the best. The Golden I, Deer I is know. the Upside Down Boy, right? Yes, that's Claw. <laughs> okay, that's how Which I remember. I Excellent. interviewed, call back to, you know, shout out to that article from uh, almost two years ago now. Yeah, I, I don't know what any of these uh, houses are, but I'm looking forward to finding out for myself. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for, for this week's uh, predictions slash highlights cast. Uh, anything else we want to call out before we, before we say Happy New Year and Happy Holidays? Sounds like no. a no. No. <laughs> Sounds like a no. Uh, well, that's it's yeah. It's been listen. It's been a hell of a year. What a delight, uh, guys! I can't believe we've been podcasting together for for uh, well over a year now. I think it's very very amazing. So congrats to us and congrats to you all for listening uh, and for keeping N Express going because it's uh, it's it's been a delight. It's been a I don't know, man. It's been a crazy year, but it's been really I don't know for me very. Very nice to have a little bit of structure. Like I know that once a week we're going to talk about Nintendo games and and the stuff we've been playing, and and I think that's it's very nice to be able to have that to to uh, to look forward to. So so thank you for that, uh, gentlemen. Um, of course. Yeah, <laughs> not to get too sappy on you. Uh, it's been uh, you, such a pleasure. Yes. It's been a pleasure as I as I wipe the tears from my eyes. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter. I am at Action Daxon. Uh, of course. I, I switched it. I reversed it. I'm supposed to say I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find me on Twitter at Action Daxon. Uh, my latest writing is over on Goomastomp.com. Uh, let's see. To round out this year, I did one final review for Dungeon Munchies, an indie game that was announced and shadow dropped during the last Nintendo Indie World. Uh, I enjoyed it okay. It wasn't my favorite, but it's still an enjoyable game. So you can read my, my thoughts on that over on Goomastomp.com. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? find me at the markel that of course is mark with the c cal with the k 
You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And up on the website right now, I just started my weekly reviews for The Book of Boba Fett. Really good show. But if you're looking for more game stuff, I also recently started a column on Animal Crossing, all about the history of the holidays. So if you want to check out Toy Day and New Year's, it's currently up on the website. I love it. And Campbell, where can people find you? You can find my games writing, as always, at GoombaStomp.com. Um, most recent thing I have to plug is just our end-of-year indie article. Very proud of how that came out. Um, all three of us contributed to it, as well as a bunch of other writers from the site. So check that out to see just how amazing of a year it's been for indies. And of course, you can stay tuned for some more excellent indie content coming up in the very near future, especially as we move into the new year. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at CampbellSkill, uppercase csg there you go and of course inexpress is also uh i was gonna say available uh express is also available on social media we are on twitter as at inexpress nintendo and we're on the podcast platform of your choice available to download as well spotify podbean apple podcasts all that good stuff uh you know make sure you like comment review subscribe thumbs up i don't know how podcasts work uh all the more engagement helps us find more listeners which of course is better for the show so thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time happy new year